Hey dreamers, welcome to the Dream Planning Podcast. If you've been led here, I believe it was on purpose. You are created and loved by God and your life is full of purpose. If you've been sitting in a season of searching or unfulfillment and you're ready to change your life and hear from God, this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Polly Payne, the CEO and founder of Horatio Printing, and I'm here to lead you in tactical, practical, faith-led trainings to help make your God-sized dreams a reality in your life and your business. Your dreams matter because you matter. So open up your planner, pour a cup of coffee, and let's dream together. Welcome. I'm so excited to introduce you guys to Jessica Hoddle. She is a faith-based fitness coach. She's also an amazing podcast host. She's a best-selling author. Um, And she really, our missions are so aligned because she really has a heart for teaching women how to dismantle the lies that keep them from healing and wholeness. And you guys know wholeness is so critical. It's something that we put in our planner. It's something that we have to pursue intentionally to, to pursue our dreams that God gives us. And so I'm so excited to have this conversation with her. Um, Jessica is the author of Own Your Worth, A Worthy Wife and Know Your Worth. Um, her podcast is What's the Truth? So I'm super excited to just have a conversation with her, talk about her dreams. So welcome, Jessica. I am so glad to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about you. I just, you know, did a little spiel on um, what you do, who you are, but tell the audience a little more about who you are. Yeah. So I, I started my first business about 11 years ago. I was roughly 22 at the same time I had bought a house and I found Jesus as my savior that year. So a lot of stuff happened in one year and I had no clue what I was doing really when I started. I just knew that I'd wanted to help people and just, I was like, if I could just help one person, right. We always say that. And that was really kind of my mission. And, you know, so from then on, I just started to um, teach fitness classes and started to personal train. I created a studio in my basement of my house and then which led me to writing and then kind of speaking. But I say all those things, which sound really fun and frilly, I guess you could say, but a lot of why I do what I do is because of the things that I've been through personally in my own life. So what I share, why I teach is because of the pain I've experienced, the emotional roller coasters I've been on, you know, growing up in a home where I love you wasn't said, I'm sorry, wasn't said where manipulation or abuse was kind of the primary source of things I was hearing and being around is hard. And you grow up into that and then you form attachment styles and, you know, behaviors that you carry with you throughout business and life and fitness, which is why I like the wholeness aspect because everybody to be healthy needs to address their spirit, soul, and body. And so Mm. what I teach is from personal experience and I don't teach anything other than that. That's amazing. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I love the title of your new book. And first off, let me jump back. You have pursued so many dreams, like podcasts, books, speaking, like so many things that you have to step out of your comfort zone. So I actually want to start there because this is a dream planning podcast. I love to 
inspire dreamers. And I think the best way to do that is to hear from other dreamers who have done it and are like, Hey, I'm on the other side. I wrote the book. I did the scary thing. This is what I learned from that process. So take me back to maybe the first big scary thing you did with your voice, with, with a God dream that was placed on your heart. Mm-hmm. I would say the big scary thing first was teaching. Mm-hmm. One of my first classes was hip hop hustle. And I was so uncoordinated um, <laughs> and thinking about the beats and how to hit the move at the same time as the beats. But so much of that was like, let me say this, everything that we do builds on the next thing that we do. Mm-hmm. And so when we step out into one thing, we get the courage in that, but we take that courage and we move into the next thing, right? So maybe it's writing a book and then it goes into speaking. Every single season of our life has the opportunity to build on the next. And I would say for me, if going from teaching to writing, I didn't know I was going to write a book because in high school, I got terrible writing grades. Like I hated reading. I got C average. Like I am not your typical girl of just, you know, Oh, I'm going to write. And I've dreamed of writing. I remember writing like poetry back in the day. And I still have this poetry binder. So maybe there was like some, some God winks in there throughout, but I just kind of tucked it away and didn't think anything of it. And the reason why I wrote a book was because I just wanted to let out the pain that I had had in that season. And that's really what drove the book. It was like, there has to be other women that have this experience. And I wasn't the girl that came off with like this super mega bestseller selling 10,000s of copies, even starting my podcast. It wasn't like it hit number one. And I've learned and matured is that to be slow and steady will always, you always win the race when you're slow and steady. Um, And so for me, it was just really writing through experience, not, it wasn't like, can I get to the number one bestseller? Can I do this? It was I have a story that needs to be shared and this is my testimony and witness and how can I, what vehicle can I use to get that out in this season? Amen. That is so good. I want to go back to what you were saying about the one, one thing builds on the next. Mm. That's so true. I always say that like I um, moved to London when I was in college and I was like, if I hadn't moved to London where I had no internet, you know, no cell phone to call home, Um, you know, I was working 40 hours a week and that summer abroad, I would have never moved to New York. I'm a small town, Alabama girl, you know, and it's like those points of bravery, um, or joining a dance team where you don't know anybody or whatever it is, those little points of bravery where you go for it and you try out and you pursue something, you raise your hand and go speak in front of the class. Those little things build on each other. And it's important to, to just push yourself out of your comfort zone, maybe a challenge of what's the one brave thing I'm going to do today. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a business owner, where am I shooting my shot today and asking something in bold faith, reaching out to somebody that nobody would believe would answer me back. You know what? They might not answer you back, but what's your one brave thing you're going to attempt today. And that just builds your bravery muscles, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and I think I always, we want to start out at like day 5,000 Yeah, when we start at day one, but I feel like if we honor day one, we can honor day 5,000. 
Do you know what I mean? And that's Absolutely. important to me, especially as you mature and you do these things, you realize that day one is just as important of that growing process. Cause you start, it's like, you're starting all over, no matter how long you've been in business, no matter how long you've done that one thing, moving into something new, you start at day one. Mm-hmm. And, we, and it's, the slow grow is good. The, the slow grow helps you grow the muscles to handle yeah. all the adversity. Yeah. For example, yesterday, um, our warehouse AC leaked all over the bookshelves and that's the third time it's happened. And my team member, Morgan was like, Polly, why aren't you freaking out? And I thought, why am I not freaking out? That is kind of interesting. And I gave her an example that I learned from Tony Robbins about our capacity and in business specifically, because I love his training specifically on business. And he drew a circle. He's like, this is you. And inside the circle are all these things you can handle. And then boom, this thing happens outside the circle. And you know what you do? You problem solve. And then all of a sudden you've grown to now handle that. And your circle is bigger. Mm-hmm. And then another thing happens outside of your capacity and you grow and you grow and you grow. And that way, if you can't jump to 5,000 because your circle needs to grow, if that makes sense to handle the capacity of what's going to be thrown at you there. Um, that's why the overnight success quote unquote, isn't real. But even if it is real, someone has it, that is a, that is a tough growing pain for them. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's, you, you have to honor the day one, the day 12, the day 30, because you're learning and growing and you're setting yourself up to sustain the dream. Yeah. So true. I mean, I think about people that get viral posts that aren't expecting it, yeah. And they're completely overwhelmed by it because of the comments that come, the negativity, yeah. the outpouring of this or that. Um, and if you go back and talk to them, I mean, I've talked to a few that have just overnight have gotten these, you know, I mean, it wasn't overnight cause they've still showing up, but they weren't expecting to get, you know, 10,000 followers overnight mm-hmm. and to handle that kind of capacity at such a, you know, unexpected rate. Like you said, it's, your circle hasn't grown there. And so you start to feel kind of crazy and you're like, oh my gosh, what's happening. So I completely agree with that. Yeah. So let's dive into the topic of your new book. Cause I want to devour it. The title <laughs> is face off with your feelings from your past and embrace the truth of your future. I absolutely love this. And you know, it's funny. I have um, my dream crafting course in my Academy and that's something that we address because people come to this thing. Oh, it's a dream plan. And we're going to map out my dream, but you have to start with the soul. You have to start with your heart because it's honestly not always the strategy of what you're trying to do. And I know you teach fitness, so you know, this like people know what they need to do, but it's the mindset and the limiting beliefs that hold us back from pursuing our dream, running our race, fully embracing it, uh, obtaining the promised land because we have all of these things in our soul that we have to face off with, right? Um, so I just love that. Um, so tell me a little more about your heart behind this message mm-hmm. and really who it's for. Who have you written this for? Yeah. The title did not come easy. I actually wrote the entire book. Uh, I started writing it in 2019. It's went through four rewrites. So just in case y'all are out there like, I want to write a book. It, <laughs> it is time. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, I got paid for this. Like there are seasons, right? But that is not my season. I've been writing it for almost two years, two years when it will be released and rewrote it four times. 
And the title, I could not get the title. And my bet, a good friend of mine and I brainstormed and I'm a little punchy, you know, I'm like, kind of let's, let's do this. Let's fight this out. And so face off with your feelings came because I want women to do exactly that. Like not to just accept, I mean, scripture tells us to, to take our thoughts captive, but to tear down strongholds that exalt itself against the word of God. And most of the time we don't know how to do that. It sounds great, but how do I practically do that when I'm in the grocery line or at the red light or wherever? Cause it's everyday life. Our thoughts are always with us. And so this book is really for anybody that wants to break up with their pain and move into healing. And it's all scripture based. It's all based on God. And it's about how he is the healer. And so he doesn't want us just visiting. He doesn't want us living in a habitation of our pain. You know, we should be visiting it, but not living there, whether that's emotionally, physically, you know, or spiritually. And that's really what this book is about is when our soul is well, we can be well. I love that. The strongholds, the lies, dare I say idols yeah. that are from our past that we connect with and maybe embrace about our identity. Mm-hmm. There's so much of that. And, you know, you grow up in church or you get saved and you hear Jesus is the answer because he is the answer, yeah. but you're like, how does that apply? <laughs> you yeah. know, like, how do I walk this out? How do I live it? Can I have some steps? I'm practical Polly. I want like a five-step plan because I can feel freedom in a moment, but I can still be held up with a stronghold. Yeah. Um, especially when you're going back to your upbringing, the toxic relationships you saw, the toxic attachments you saw. I mean, I'm assuming those carried into maybe some of your first early relationships and who you were looking for and how, yeah. what you thought was normal. Um, I come from a home where my parents divorced and I saw, you know, toxic behavior as well, because you can't have toxic behavior and, you know, get divorced and not have some toxicity. Right. And you, you can pick up on, well, this is normal. Cause this is what we did when we were, you know, this is what our house was like. So did you have to go to therapy? Did you create a plan? Did you process in a journal? Like what was some of the things practically you did to even become aware of the lies from your past to, to break up with them. That makes sense. Well, I feel like God was so kind, even before I knew who he was, you know, during those seasons of teenage childhood, I just remember crying when I would hear my parents fighting and I would go in the closet and I'd be like, why God me? And I don't even, I didn't even know who God was, but you know, our hearts will just want to mutter those words, right. Even if we know him or not. And so for me, I have done all three, I journal, I've done therapy and I've, so I would say most of my journey was, it started with people coming into my life that showed me a different way. And one in particular was a, I was dating this guy at the time in high school and his parents were so kind and they kind of took me in a lot because there'd be times where I wouldn't have hot water or heat or food or anything like that. And they would let me stay there, you know, in a separate bedroom, but they would say things like, that's not right. That's not normal because when you're in a situation, you don't know what's normal until you have a different experience. 
right? And then you can weigh the two options, weigh the experiences. It was then that I began to step out and go, okay, this isn't normal. I began to kind of fight, not rebel, but just stand more on a ground. And then I started my business and I was in a mastermind at the time. And in that mastermind, there was a guy named PJ and he actually became my spiritual father. For about five years, we, he just mentored me. He spoke life into me and he stepped into that kind of spiritual father role. I did at that time, I tried to go to therapy. I did for a little while, but it just wasn't, it wasn't helping me personally. And I think it might've been the therapist I had or things like that. But the spiritual father, PJ, he really stepped in and was like, Hey, what are you doing? He, you know, scripture, like all of the things. And that's really, I would say when I started journaling, so I've been journaling for a really long time and journaling has helped me process, work through, walk through all of those things to be able to see what is it is that I'm experiencing? What am I going through? Because I just write um, and let it all out on the pages. So I've kind of done a little bit of everything. That's beautiful. Um, I have somebody, I wouldn't call her a spiritual mother, but I guess I could. She's, she's my spiritual director, Amy Brady. And that has been one of the most healing things to have somebody you can just be honest with, right? Like, honestly, I'm having doubts about this scripture. Like what, what is this? Or, um, I'm struggling in my marriage or I'm struggling with my mental health and whatever it is, I'm struggling with my connection with God. I'm struggling and, or my heart feels heavy. My heart feels this way and they can just, just leave you. And so that's been, it's like a, it's like a spiritual therapy almost, um, which is so powerful. Um, but I think, you know, one hour a week, just going to church is not enough. If we want to untangle the strongholds, the idols, the past toxic relationships that might still, still have a part of our heart. Um, and, and be holding us back in a way or the lies we believe that people have spoken over us. Mm-hmm. I love that the couple said, that's not right. I was brave of them. You know, some people would say, okay, well, we don't need to, you know, make her feel bad or we don't want to put our, our nose in a place that doesn't belong. Um, but that was a catalyst for you yeah. of, and it came from an adult which at that point in your life meant, meant a lot more than just your best friend being like, that's not right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. I'm an adult. That was, um, important. That's beautiful. So take me through, I, and you mentioned earlier, you have a process to help people manage emotions when they arrive. Um, so, you know, cause not everything we feel like you were saying biblically, we have to take our thoughts captive. We have to, um, you know, submit our thoughts to Christ. So what is that process you would lead someone through to truly face off their feelings? Yeah, this is kind of something that I've done in my, of course, done in my own personal life, which is why I write about it. But the first thing is it's a five-step process. So I'll try to do it pretty quickly here. Mm-hmm. The first thing is we just acknowledge most of us, uh, we idolize busyness. We idolize the fact that we don't have time. We just say that all the time. <laughs> and what's happening though, is that saying those things 
doesn't allow us to actually slow down and process what we're going through. And there are times where, you know, you might be going into a business meeting and you just can't. So you do have to compartmentalize it for a moment, but we have to understand that our bodies will still hold Mm -hmm. the emotions and feelings. They don't just go away. They don't just, you know, just go into thin air. It's all about acknowledging first. Something's not right. You start to feel your palms sweat. You start to feel your heart race. Your body's responding to something, whether it's an external or internal trigger, and your body is responding to that. And I like to say that our brain is like a Rolodex. So, you know, Rolodex has that little knob on the side and those cards are filled with your name, information, probably details about that person, address. Well, our brains work very similar in the fact that it holds specific dates, details, uh, feelings, chemical reactions based on that. So whenever we have memories, our memories basically are filled in that Rolodex. And our bodies will respond accordingly. So if something gets triggered, maybe from as an adult, and it's actually triggering something from your childhood, your body will respond accordingly. So understanding that allows us to be like, oh, something's not right. Just acknowledging that, getting to that point that you're angrier or whatever it is, is the first step. The second thing is to be able to identify what it is that you're actually experiencing. I've learned that the more that you actually name it, the more that you're actually able to move through it versus like, I don't know. And you know, what's going on and who cares and all these things. It's, it's easy for us, especially nowadays to go get over it. Who cares? We kind of put a a Jesus bandaid on it. Like, you know, just have faith, which is great things to say, but most of the time when people tell you that, do you actually feel encouraged no, you know, no. So I was like, or, they, or you, or you rationalize and say, well, I don't have it as bad as this person. This person's yes. child's in the hospital suffering from cancer. So my feelings, my emotions aren't valid. My mom would always say, well, we're not getting chased by a lion in the woods, you know? And it's like, I think she was reading some book about that at the time, but you know, looking back, um, it's like that, that's just devalidating. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's removing, um, just a truth that you have a, you have a pain, you have a trigger and it doesn't help. Mm -hmm. No, I completely agree with you of that. Um, I see it actually happen often of somebody loses a job or their food or whatever it is. Um, I actually just recently heard somebody, I was in a conversation or around somebody and we were talking about being hungry and we were ready for lunch or something like that. And there was a comment made that, that was said like, well, we'll be okay because there's certain people in another country that are not eating at all. And all those, although that is true, it doesn't diminish our experience. And so when we do that, we diminish our experience, which also now we're comparing ourselves to other people. So I completely agree with you. I have a very hard time when people are like, well, it could be worse or mm-hmm. people in third world countries or, you know, whatever it is, we have to be mindful of that as well. Cause that's just as damaging as comparison or anything else. So identifying the emotion, is it helping or is it hindering? What is it? Is it anger? Is it jealousy? Is it joy? Whatever it is, we need to be able to identify it so we can move through it. The next thing is acceptance. And this is a big one is that just because you're sad, doesn't make you a sad person. 
So what I'm saying is that when you accept that you're experiencing something, it doesn't mean that you're accepting it as a part of your identity. Mm-hmm. And we often do that. We often go, well, my first reaction is anger. So I must just be an angry person. And that's just how God created me. Well, no, absolutely not. You might feel angry because there's something deeper going on inside. So the more that we can actually just accept like right now I'm angry. And then we have to go to number four, which is well, what is this emotion telling you, right? If you're angry, is this kind of a defense mechanism? Because you might say I'm okay, but you're angry, but really you're not okay because you don't want people to um, be invited in. You don't want them to know what you're really experiencing. Maybe you feel anger because you just like feel like you have to be protected or protect yourself because if not, who is going to? And so what is whatever you're feeling trying to tell you, trying to communicate with you? What is your body's response saying to you? Do you need to breathe? Do you need to rest? Do you need to actually heal and process through these things? Yeah. And I would say another one for anger because anger is so good because we all get angry. It's an angry world out there. Yes. Um, Anger can be a window to your values. When someone infringes on something that is a value you carry, um, it can, it can really make you angry, right? Like when you flip the tables, that was infringing on a very crucial value he had. And so let's say you get mad. Like my husband was, I wouldn't say angry, but he was irritated with me um, with social media the other day. And for him, it was deeper. And we found, I was like, what is the trigger you've been dealing with? Cause we talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah. And he's like the social media has been a trigger and we got down to it. It was a value of like, he wants more connection. He wants less cell phone in the house. Like this is a value he wants in his home as a, for his family. And when we can get down to that level of him just expressing the need for on his vision for our family and the values yeah. he holds dear, I can hear that, receive that, and we can move forward in a healthy way in love because sometimes that's where your anger is coming from. Someone has infringed on a value that is near and dear. Someone talked about your mama, you know, someone talked about something and, or said something and it, it, it struck a chord because you have a strong value. And if you can find a way to healthy, calmly express the value you have and the values you carry you can actually move through it with somebody. Mm-hmm. So that's just a side note on the relationship side of it. Cause that's been so just in the past couple of days, <laughs> that alone, <laughs> that conversation has been so helpful in, um, in my marriage. So no, that's, that's really good. Especially like you said, the value and even the values, pain points, very specific pain points, right. Of things that we're going through that people say that rub us the wrong way. We want to then prove ourselves. Versus allowing somebody else to have their opinion versus like we have to make them believe what we believe, right? Or Mm -hmm. else. And that's what we see in culture today is you need to believe what I believe or I can't like you. I can't love you. I can't welcome you in. And I think that's huge. But um, I completely agree with you on that of the anger. And when we think about even the, the emotion, people are often like, well, how do I know if it's a lie or a truth? And I always say that a lie always will typically lead to destruction, um, separation, division. It will completely bring you down. Your mood will change. 
you know, you might start to feel your shoulders kind of shrug. You might just start to feel tired, like, you know, fatigued, your body will respond accordingly. But when we're thinking about truth, it will bring restoration. It will bring redemption. It will bring like, it will bring health. It will bring life. And so when we think about our thoughts, it's life or death. And the scripture is very clear about the two. You're either partaking with life or you're partaking with death. And so our thoughts are very much the same. What are we thinking about? Is it lie or truth? And then of course, the fifth thing is just about having a conversation with God because we cannot go to anybody else before we go to God about our feelings, talking with him about it. This is just a conversation because he's the only one that can close the loop of our pain. He's the only one where our feelings are completely and hundred percent safe with where they're not being um, manipulated or used or, you know, reconstructed in a way that, you know, brings pain. That's where we go for safety. That's beautiful. I love that. So let's recap, acknowledge, then you identify, then you accept it as an experience, not your identity. Mm-hmm. And then you tell, I did I write that one down before yeah, you ask, yep. You ask, what is this? Like, what is what this, is this try- telling you? Yeah. What is it communicating with me? Yeah. And then ultimately you have a conversation with God about it because he yeah. can close the loop. I love that. That's amazing. Yay. I'm so glad you shared this with my community. I think this can help us Maybe today you've been going through something. You maybe you've been triggered. Maybe I think it's easier to see triggers in other people. That's why I asked my husband, "What is triggering you? You're so triggered, yeah. you know." Yeah. And I'm like, "You yeah. just sit down right now," um, because and he's not like a quote unquote angry person, but he'll just he'll just disconnect. He'll um, yeah. he's a very he's a very like peacekeeper, so he'll just go inside, you know. And I can feel maybe the tension or whatever, and I'm like, "There's something. I don't know what's going on." He's like, you're showing me way too many memes. I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'll share them with my cousin instead. Um, You know, but when we finally got down to it, he was able to share his value. I was able to share my value and we had a resolve. And that's a beautiful thing um, to be able to own that. And that's one of the things I, I definitely come into marriage counseling, which was probably the first counseling I ever did. Yeah. Like let's learn our triggers. Cause, um, we both came from you, you, when you get come together in a marriage, you have such different ideas of what is normal. None of it, neither of us grew up in a normal household. No one really does. Let's be real. Right. And then you have these two funky normals coming together going, this is normal. This is normal. You know, <laughs> I put my milk first. I put my cereal first, you know? Yeah. And, um, you have to blend it. So tell us a little more about who this book is truly for and like what you hope that they can get out of it. Yeah. I think for me, one of the biggest prayers and in hope that I have is that they are, they become aware that they process that they apply. Mm -hmm. And so in the book, I start kind of with the foundation of basically identity, creating space to heal, um, discerning the truth you know, these basic foundations and then kind of the middle of the book, I really talk about uh, just this learning. So I teach them about fight or flight. I teach them about nervous system. I teach them about feelings. I teach them about emotions because they're different. I kind of teach a little bit and then I go right into application. How do we actually live in healing? 
How do we actually not respond to our pain? How do we process our pain in a healthy way? And this is kind of, I like to say the beginner's guide to healing because I, I love neuroscience, but I'm a baby in neuroscience. And I want people to come to this and be able to understand and apply. I talk about how our brain changes and things that we can do to actually change our brain and how we learn, especially with scripture, right? Cause that's a big thing. Like I know what's in my head, but how do I get it to my heart? Yeah. And if you've ever answered that question or had that question, then this book is definitely for you as well. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. I cannot wait to read it. Tell everybody where they can find you, connect with you, and also your podcast again. Yes, you can go to jessicahoddle.com forward slash books to get the book. Um, and I'm always on Instagram at Jessica Huddle. I'm also on Facebook, depending on where you like to hang out. And um, of course, my podcast, you're listening to this podcast, so you can go ahead and search for What's the Truth as well and follow me there. Amazing. And I'll put all those links in the show notes. Jessica, thank you so much for sharing your heart and your message. I cannot wait to read your book. And thanks again for joining us. Thanks so much for having me.